International. Today's episode is sponsored by Dental Floss. Dental Floss. When you're noshing on some popcorn or cutting into a tender steak, be sure to have some dental floss on hand. We're also sponsored by Hand Soap. Do everyone a favor and wash those hands, would you? It's fucking disgusting. All right, theme song. If it doesn't fit, you must equip. Alrighty. <laughs> This is the good life. Just relax and let my mind drift. Having Y2K compliant. Slim Jim. Eat my shorts. What's the deal with Aquaman? Could he go on the land or was he just restricted to wood? No stairway. Denied. This is Ryan with the All right. Hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you for listening and downloading. Don't forget to rate us. We really appreciate that. Things are moving along fairly well in the land of the Rye Guy. That's me. And uh, hopefully things are moving along well in the land of the millennials, a term that not always embraced. Nevertheless, we power through. My uh, guest this week, this guy, what do I... What, how, I don't know how to introduce you. We seemed to hit it off immediately after we met each other. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Andrew. What's up, y'all? How's I'm Andrew. It, how's it going today? I'm good, man. Just hanging out. Doing all right? Doing all right. feel a little weird. You took, feel a little weird? Took a lot of Sudafed today. That would, yeah. yeah. Well, you got that medicine head thing happening. Oh, yeah. It's good. You got a cold? Yeah. Well, allergies. You take the Sudafed for the allergies. Yeah, it just keeps my shit clear. Yeah, clear up the pipes, yep. get a little breathing going. It's the good stuff. It's the good stuff, that Sudafed. Mm-hmm. What are we talking, two at a time? It's uh, it's this, uh, it's like a Walgreens brand allergy medicine. It's got like 120 milligrams of Sudafed in it. Very generic. I don't know if that's enough. That might not be, <laughs> you know. We, uh, we tend to grow a tolerance for those sorts of things. I actually think I discovered uh, early on I liked stimulants. When I was a little kid, I accidentally took like three of them. Three and Sudafed? Yeah, I loved it. Is that a stimulant, Sudafed? Yeah, it's pseudoephedrine. Oh, okay. I had yeah. no idea. It's like poor man's speed. You just take like five. Yeah. I thought Adderall was poor man's speed. No, Adderall is just speed. Yeah. It's bouge speed. Yeah. It's the speed <laughs> of the bouge. Yes, and children. And children. Gotta love those children. I mean, like in a, you know, a safe, protective way. Yeah. Not in a, you know, priesty way. No. Did you get enough sleep last night? I did, yeah. I fell asleep... Uh, watching the brothers grimsby which is okay. a fucking weird movie <laughs> that's the one with uh borat right yeah yeah borat uh, he'll forever just be borat to us yeah he is so how many hours of sleep we're talking oh man shit like six six is that's a decent number yeah that's usually about what i get can you function on six all right yeah i usually take naps too because i'm unemployed at the moment so oh god bless you I take a lot of naps what does your day go like when you're unemployed uh, i wake up i sit around until about one and then i try to justify that it's beer time mm-hmm. and then i start drinking beers yeah i drink two or three and then i take a nap for like four hours and then i go out and do comedy not bad it's the it's a day in the life pretty good lifestyle yeah it's not bad how does the rent get paid uh my mom oh well hey shout out to the moms yeah she's uh incredibly weirdly supportive of me doing comedy that's that's phenomenal and i gladly accept her help yeah that's hard to find you know a lot of parents frown on on careers in the arts 
Yeah. Uh, she's cool, though. She knows I, I wouldn't be good at anything else. <laughs> yeah, that's like a, a strange backhanded compliment. Well, yeah, I mean, I was I was in community college for six years before I decided to start doing comedy. So Jesus, I, yeah. I think she was just stoked that I found something I wanted to do. Yeah, I don't so. knock uh, community colleges, by the way, but six years is a long time. Yeah, I don't even have a single associate's degree, so <laughs> what, I should have three. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, uh, what were you studying there? Oh, various things. Yeah, you had many interests in six years. Yeah, the classes that seemed easy. Yeah. I took remedial math three times. Okay. Because I, I hated it and I just never did it. Clearly not remedial enough. Yeah, no, I should it should have gone further back for me. Yeah. So you took math three times? I did. Yeah, I failed all three yeah. times. Good for you. Never took a science class the whole time I was in community college. Yeah. I really, I don't know what my, my plan was. I think I was just going to to go you were you were going through the motions yeah i feel like i was at the age where i should be in college so i was just there what was that 18 because that's the age you should be in college yeah from 18 to uh whatever six years after that is. yeah well you are bad at math (laughs) (laughs) but you are living up to those three failed courses oh yeah yeah so you didn't take any like philosophy or sociology or any waste of time classes oh yeah i took a lot of those yeah i took a lot of those and i took like music appreciation and film appreciation and just the easy stuff yeah what uh i took a film class in college but uh, it was taught it was taught by an adjunct professor which is pretty much a guy that you know nobody gives a fuck about yeah they don't pay him really no they don't pay him and uh (laughs) but he was actually uh the film critic for the local newspaper so he Uh had some credentials behind them but the movies he showed us were not what we wanted to watch and what's the point of taking a film appreciation class if you're not going to watch like Gremlins 2 or something. Yeah, for real. Shit, you didn't even watch Gremlins 2? Didn't even watch Gremlins 2. Man, I love that. The smart Gremlin is my favorite. Well, you know, the first one just left so many questions unanswered. It really did. Like what would happen if a Gremlin could talk? Right. Or <laughs> what would happen if an entire corporate building was taken over by them? These are things that, you know, were addressed. Yeah, there's also that great uh, Rambo sequence with Gizmo. It's not bad. Makes a little bow and arrow out of a paperclip and a rubber band. It's like uh, Gizmo uh, finally coming of age. It's pretty great. What movies did you watch in your class? Do you remember? Ah, shit. We watched a lot of the, like, we watched Citizen Kane, because that's a given. Snooze. But then she, we, the lady showed us some pretty cool ones. We watched Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, We watched Frida, which is a pretty good one with Salma Hayek. Yeah. Um... Salma Hayek and Friedip, would you? Oh, yeah. Okay. So you're not deterred by the monobrow? No. Okay. I mean, if I was single, I have a girlfriend and I... Well, uh, yeah, of course. We're talking, this is an, a parallel also, universe. Frida is dead as shit, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most certainly. And she was a communist. You know, my problem with Citizen Kane, and I say this as someone who's never seen it, is that it, it takes on this this sort of, this is the greatest movie of all time uh you know sort of title mm-hmm. and i feel like at this point surely other movies have surpassed it but then someone pointed it out to me that the reason why it's dubbed that is because when it came out it was so revolutionary oh yeah they were the first it was like the first movie to use a bunch of fancy camera tricks and angles and right like someone's someone pointed out to me that in citizen kane or maybe i heard this on another podcast who knows uh it was citizen kane was like the first movie where you could see the ceiling of a room because they were able to stage it that way. And I was just like, okay, so I guess it's a, it's a technical achievement. Yeah, it was, it's kind of, you know, it led the way for more modern filmmaking. Yeah. I think. But so was Terminator 2. Yeah, I mean, Terminator 2 was a huge technological achievement. I, f- I feel that way. 
It was good. And it doesn't get its just desserts. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a top five film in the lexicon of American filmmaking. It really is. It's much better than Avatar. Did you root for the liquid guy? The liquid guy? Fuck yeah. I love Robert Patrick. You wanted the liquid guy to win after a while. Oh yeah, he's great. I love when he pops up on other stuff too, like X-Files. Oh yeah. He's always just the liquid guy to me. Yeah. I'm always expecting him to like turn into liquid. Are we the same age? How old are you? I'm 26. Okay. But you know all about the X-Files and everything. Yeah, yeah. I'm the youngest I'm the youngest child in my family, so uh I kinda got a lot of the eighties culture from my Oh my, you had oh, my the, brother and sister. Old okay, so there's three of you? Mm-hmm. Older brother is uh, the oldest or the middle? He's the middle. So you guys were close. Yeah, well he's five years older than me, but Yeah. Did he show you close. show you porn first time? No, actually, uh, this kid named Colby showed me porn for the first time, and it was it was the most disgusting porn. Well, yeah. Well, because well, up yeah. until that guy point, with the name Colby. Up until that point, I had seen like pictures of boobs and stuff, uh-huh. and he just showed me like a video of like a close up of just penetration. Yeah, and it was just like pretty much all I remember is like a dude's asshole and balls yeah. slapping. Very. Uh, uh, it, was, it was a very uh, jarring. I don't think very, I looked at porn again for a while. Very medical. Yeah, it was pretty gross. Very, <laughs> very uh, gynecological in yes. that sense. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember the, fi- I remember the first time I saw porn, I think I was in fifth grade and it was a, it was a friend's older brother situation. Oh yeah? But we felt like we found it. He didn't show it to us. So there's a little added sort of, you know, rebellion there. Right. But since then, I, you know, I've been all right. I've been able to watch it since. That's good. Yeah. You know, we don't need to get into what I'm into, but uh, you know, <laughs> I certainly don't like uh, buttholes and balls slapping into uh, the, the vag. Well, this really took a turn. Yeah, this has. It's this, not bad. Let's uh, scale it back a little bit. So uh, community college for six years. Yeah. And now you're doing... St- did you do any theater or acting or anything like that? I did. Yeah. In high school. Yeah. What yeah. Uh, What were the... Were you, were you Daddy Warbucks and Annie? No, I never... Uh, only- Actually, you're more of a rooster. But anyway... I never really did much acting. I did a couple of class plays, but yeah. I was mostly on the technical side of it. Oh, spotlight? Yeah. I, I did a lot of lighting stuff, stuff okay. like that, because we would, we just got like get drunk or high on the catwalks and fuck around. That was... And they, the, had, a, they had a Super Nintendo up in the... Up there. <laughs> sure. So, That's yeah. what every high school kid... Yeah, it was great. <laughs> ...inspires <laughs> to want to do in school. Yeah, I just... Get drunk in the catwalks and play Mario. It's play great. Super Nintendo. Yeah, I know a lot of a lot of guys in in our uh, let's call it our our industry, which is the performing arts. Mm. Uh, they get into theater and stuff because they think it's like that's where all the girls are. Right. Is that what you were sort of under the impression of, or was it just uh, I don't want to deal with anything else? It started. I just started taking theater classes because I thought it would be an easy elective. Yeah, and it was right. And then I also went to high school. I bought weed from the president of the drama club. So okay. a lot of the a lot of the people in in that theater department were potheads. Yeah. So and you were you were drawn to that. Yeah. You dabble. Uh, you dabble in the, uh, the the weed. I did. Yeah, a lot in high school. Still do or? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you haven't really let that. I d- you know I, I I dabble with it. Yeah. Every day. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> what is your... Uh, it's an ongoing experiment. Yeah. Do you, do you like it doing it socially or privately? Uh, socially. It feels less sad. Yeah. Because there are plenty of times where I'm doing nothing and just sitting at home alone on the couch s- smoking weed with my cat. Yeah. See, I would love that. Yeah. Wallace hates it. Wallace Ooh. is my cat. He yeah. uh, he hates the weed smoke. Willis. Wallace. Wallace. Flawless Wallace. Flaw- flawless Wallace. Yeah. Uh, he does have a skin condition, though. Oh. Well, 
That's and unfortunate. A, and a tear duct issue. So he's not entirely flawless. Yeah. Is this thing even a fucking cat? What is it? <laughs> he's, uh, he's a good cat. Yeah. He doesn't do cat stuff, though. Yeah. He just, like, sits on people. What is, I'm not a fan of cats. Really? I don't like them. What is it about cats you don't like? I mean, I'm allergic to them, but aside from that, I think they're assholes. Yeah, a lot of cats are. Wallace is really chill, though. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he's never bitten anybody. He doesn't scratch. Even the ones that are chill really bother me for some reason. I know. It's just that attitude, yeah. you know? It's just... They are kind of smug. It's like, screw you, I'm going to go pee in a box now, mm-hmm. you know? Where's the companionship? That's true. I mean, Wallace sits on me all day, so I feel like he's like a little companion. Yeah. He's like one of those cats that'll come when you call him and like, he just wants attention. That's not bad. Yeah. I was unemployed for a while and I remember really looking forward to going out at night and seeing people. Oh, yeah? It was like a, you know, you're cooped up all day. Yeah, it's great. I mean, that's, honestly, if I didn't do comedy, I would probably just be like uh, Brian Wilson, just like stay inside all the time. Yeah. Or uh, Howard Hughes. Yeah. Another recluse. Pissing a bunch of jars all the time. J.D. Salinger. Another recluse. Damn, there's a bunch of them, huh? Whoopi Goldberg. Little known fact. Huge recluse. Really? Doesn't go anywhere. Not even on The View? Not even on the. That's not even her. Oh, that's shit. a stand-in. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not even Whoopi. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg. Our famous recluses and and how we love them so. We do love them, don't we? J D. Salinger. Did I say that one already? Yeah, you did. Well, fuck. Now I'm repeating myself. Did you Did you say? Uh, did we say Brian Wilson? We said Brian Wilson. Shit. Did we say Flawless Wallace? We did not. I don't think we did. This is great. It's like we've climbed a mountain. We camped out for a night. And now we're coming back down. Yeah. <laughs> and we're hitting all the spots that we were at uh, originally. It's good to know we're on the trail, though. So, uh, it was it was it was it was mentioned before the podcast on whether or not we can talk about drugs. I did a lot of them when I was a kid. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what I don't know what it is like. You know, uh, I, there's no way for me to fill in the listener about what our dynamic is. But I am a sober person. I'm a very nerdy Jew, and you are not a sober person. And you're sort of a a sort of taller, lanky Texan with a with a hell of a mustache. It's a yes. bit of an odd couple thing going on, but for some reason we really sort of click and uh, I'm always fascinated when you let me in on your drug stories and, 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 and what you've done when you were younger. Right. Well, I mean, I, uh, I don't want to say that it defines your personality, but it's certainly <laughs> an interesting aspect of it. Actually, I was a sober person for about four years. What happened? Was doing, uh, well, how did, you, well, how did you get sober? So I started doing a bunch of drugs in high school. I started doing cocaine when I was about 16. I lived, uh, I was in the woodlands. It's like a suburb north of Houston. So It's pretty young. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty young, but everyone was doing cocaine. At I, least when I, when I got out of high school, it kind of switched. Everyone started doing heroin there. So I kind of barely missed out on that. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily. Things could have gone very different. I think had so. Had that been a thing. Yeah. You would but, have been uh, a musician if you did. Yeah. But as, as a 16-year-old doing cocaine, it was like... Uh, it was like finding the answer to all of my problems. As yeah. an insecure teenager, you do a, a drug that just makes you supremely confident. Sure. And super stoked about everything. Well, you know, most people find that in booze. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I found it in various things. Yeah. High school was, I was kind of a trash can. We just like steal pills from parents. And you were a trash king? Trash can. Just trash like can. throwing various substances yeah. into my body. Going through medicine cabinets. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't see you as being like an asshole. Like I don't think you were like a smart ass punk. Were you? No, I was pretty nice. Yeah. I mean, all my teachers loved me. I was, I was the one that had a lot of potential that was being squandered. Oh, yeah. You so, were that guy. Yeah. They aren't, were, aren't we all that though? Yeah, I think so. Like they, that's something they say to, to kids who are screwing up. Yeah. 
just to like see if it motivates them well see for me i just i couldn't ever give a shit about school i think the last time i did homework was in second grade yeah so you and the ramones (laughs) i mean you know school sucks it does man i hated school too yeah it's i honestly kind of I kind of miss it now that I don't have anything to do during the day. Well, you look back and it's it like was a, the easiest thing in the world. Yeah, it's so easy. <laughs> you know, when you're in your mid-20s, sure, algebra doesn't seem so, you know, uh, uh, like a like a difficult thing. Yeah, I mean, I, it still is. Yeah, I hate yeah. algebra. That was a bad example. But you get what I'm driving at, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I'd kill to have homework instead of paying my cable bill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, or being responsible. Yeah, I, I agree. Worrying about cancer at night. I remember all I used to have to worry about was not spending my lunch money so I could buy drugs with it. Oh, wow. <laughs> so this is, you kind of had a bit of an addiction early on. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I was a little kid and I I kind of glorified it. I thought it was real cool. I yeah. was like, I'm a rock star. I'm like snorting lines off of the toilet paper dispenser in the bathroom at school. Oh, you were doing it in school. Like, oh, yeah. I used to take ecstasy and go to school. I was retarded. Yeah. Like, it was just, it was bad. You know, spoiler alert, I took acid a couple of times and went to school also. Oh, yeah? And I snorted Special K oh. in uh, high school. Jeez Louise, that stuff. I mean, that was around. That's the thing. Yeah. It wasn't like it was, uh, you know, I had to try go far and wide to find it. Yeah. Everything I've ever done is just kind of, people gave it to me. I did meth on accident once in high school. Yeah, you know, we all do. So... You know, a lot of us stumble into that. I smoked it. Surprisingly fun. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I don't remember anything happening to me when I did it. So yeah, I just I think my f- I got real excited for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I think I was sped up a little bit, but everybody yeah. called it glass back then because it was very flaky. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, somebody laced a blunt with it, and I smoked it. Oh goodness! Not knowing that there, that it was in it, somebody told me afterwards. But I to then to this day, I just think it was a psychological thing. Like I knew that I had smoked it, so I felt different. Yeah. Like a placebo. Yes. So who knows? But, uh, you know, that was the era of club drugs as they were. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all the ravers walking around with their Hello uh, Kitty backpacks. Club drugs. Yeah. The first time I did ecstasy was weird. It was also the first time I ever saw someone walking a cat. So even uh, yeah. for a long time, I was like, I didn't, I wasn't sure if it was a real thing I saw or not. Right. I still don't know. I mean, it might've been a lady walking a cat or sure. who knows? Yeah. It was wild. What was that setup? What was going on? You were just doing ecstasy in the park? No, we were at my friend's house. We It was also later in the day, the first time I did cocaine, later that day we went and got a bunch of ecstasy and we stayed up all night. We each took like, it was me and like four friends. We each took two tabs and just did a bunch of coke all night. Yeah. Little 16 year olds. Sure. And uh, towards the end of the night, we were sitting out on our driveway smoking weed and that's when I saw the lady walking a cat. But it was at night. Yeah. So there's really no telling if that was real or not. Yeah, it was very bizarre. But ecstasy is not really a hallucinogen, is it? No, it's not. It's so, not. It's not in that category. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, it's it's fucking bathtub drug, so there could be anything in it. A bathtub drug. Oh yeah. Oh, like a synthetic. Yeah, like someone made it. Like a cocktail in their bathroom or kitchen. Like uh, <laughs> right, yeah. But you know that bathtub ecstasy, all mm-hmm. those bootleggers. It's good stuff. That was uh, that was also going on during prohibition. Yep. Mm. Bath, bathtub MDMA. You know, it's good stuff. It started out as a psychological drug to cheer people up. Yeah, wasn't it was legal until like the 80s or something? Something like that. Somewhere in the early 80s. It also suppressed diet and raised your body temperature. Yeah. That's why you got to drink like a gallon of water when you take it. Mm-hmm. Although today's ecstasy, which I now believe is called Molly. I think that's what the kids are calling it. That's what the kids are calling it. How, mm-hmm. did, it, what, how, did, it, how did we arrive at that? I have no idea, man. I got to, I mean... I got sober for four years and I've been away from most of that for so long. It's 
all of it is new. It's all new to you. Like even weed got exponentially better in the four years I didn't smoke it. And it was, yeah. The first time I smoked weed in four years was bad. Well, yeah. I, what happened? I, I took two hits, <laughs> we, yeah. two small hits. And I was like, oh, I'll be fine. And then I just got violently high. Yeah. And I had to go. I just went. <laughs> what, wait, hold on. Brakes. Hit the brakes. What is, what is violently high? Like, uh, or is that just your exaggerated? Yeah. I was just trying to make it seem worse. You were just I'm like hyperbolizing. Yeah. So I, I was so you were high. Like, you were like Mount Everest high. I was paranoid about everything. Uh, my body felt real weird and that made me scared. Yeah. And I just, I was, I kept forgetting that I was high and I didn't understand why I felt so weird. Sure. So I just, I had to go into the bathroom and, uh, I just sat on the toilet for like two hours. Yeah. Googling how to be less high. Holy shit. And nothing worked. Sat on the toilet? Did you, was that just because it was a safe place or did you yeah, think yeah, I, had I had the, the shit? I had the seat down. I had my pants on. I was just, oh, okay. It was All a right. place I could lock myself in. Just and, contemplative. And <laughs> yeah. Be away from folks. Sure. Well, we all need that. Yeah, was, but it was just weed. Yeah, it was just weed. It's been pretty powerful. I guess. I mean, I got better while I was away in yeah. AA. Yeah. Oh, is that you? Uh, well, we, you know, it's anonymous, but you know. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Yeah, most people, <laughs> you know, most people. I'm not don't. gonna say any names. No, no, no. This, the 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 stigma attached to keeping that anonymous now is completely out the window. And you just use the first name and last initial. Like no one would know if I told you I met Steve O at an AA convention. They wouldn't know who I was talking yeah, about. I'm exactly. talking about Steve O. Steve O from Jackass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. Uh, kind of a dick. Kind of a dick. Uh, I mean, the guy's doing stand-up, so... You yeah, know. he got mad at me for smoking cigarettes near him. Well, and he's not a dick for doing stand-up. He's a dick for taking stage time away from people who actually do it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, those people who get famous for some dumb shit and then go immediately to headlining. Some dumb shit. I mean, he is he's the, done a lot he's of the standard shit. bearer of that. Guy stapled his nuts to his leg. He does that for... I think that's like a staple of his act. That's like his closer. <laughs> it's his opener. That's uh, how hardcore he is. And talk about being violently high, man. So wait, so you, so you, so you got into it. You sobered up for four years, and then what happened? You just were like, "Fuck it, I wanna, I wanna numb all this shit again." Uh, no, not really. Uh, I just kind of. I mean, I got sober when I was about seventeen. Yeah. And then I got really into AA. I just, I was in like a youth program. It was technically kind of a cult. It was like a twelve-step based program. Yeah. And then I, from there, went into AA. Was it uh, religiously affiliated? Well, I mean, not technically. They said they weren't, but it was in the basement of a church. Yeah, they all say they aren't. And, uh, <laughs> you know, those steps almost immediately go into God. Sure, yeah, <laughs> so, they do. A lot of stained glass. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's AA comes from the Oxford Group, which was a six-step program that was created by the church. Is that right? Yeah. I thought Betty uh, White or Betty Ford was uh, the one behind AA. Oh no, Bill Bill W, man. Bill W. Bill right. Bill fr- W and Dr. Bob. I'm a friend of Bill's. Yeah. That old expression. Mm-hmm. So um so why did you start up again? Did we answer that? No, I uh I moved to Austin and then I, I turned twenty I turned twenty one and it was about three months after I turned twenty one that I was like, I wanna drink again. Because mm-hmm. I never really like I never drank a whole lot and I never really honestly related to a whole lot of the dudes in AA because yeah. I was like a kid. Yeah. And I just did a bunch of drugs because I was a dumb kid. So when I started, I just, I told all my friends in AA that I was going to drink again. I was like, I'm just done. I'm kind of, and AA meetings, honestly, in Austin were way more boring than the ones in Houston. Sure. Houston AA is super fun. Is it? Yeah. Well, just because people are insane. I used to go to this meeting in the fifth ward that was like my favorite. Okay. 
So <laughs> it was just, dudes would take turns. It was like a speaker meeting. But yeah. They, they would like write on the dry erase board. And like, it was basically just like a class. It was really great. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It was real preachy. Filling the void of not being in school, I guess. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I just, I just decided to drink. I went out and got a six pack of Shiner and drank one Shiner one yeah. night. And I was like, all right, that's it. I didn't want to make it like a big deal. So. Yeah. I, I dream about doing that now. Because, I mean, not for nothing, I talk up my sobriety because it is a lot of hard work, but I really fucking hate it. Yeah, I mean, it's a constant thing. You got to... Yeah, to stay on top of it. Like yeah. laundry. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of annoying. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It did get kind of annoying. But it's also, you know, I moved out to Austin a little more than a year ago and without realizing how much of a drinking town this is. Oh, yeah. And, uh, Big old drinking town. Well, yeah. And I mean, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm an older fella, so I don't like to stay out too late. I go home uh, by 10 every night. But, you know, I feel like I miss out on a lot because everybody, what they do, their primary means of socializing is drinking around here. Yeah. That's pretty much all there is to do. And even more to that is when I do tell people, um, here's here's an interesting interaction that happens frequently out here is I tell people that I don't drink and their first response is like, ever? (laughs) That's what they always ask me. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't. Yeah. What what do you think? I fucking make exceptions? Nah, I don't drink. (laughs) And uh, it's usually met with a little bit of confusion, but you know, it's my life. I don't have to go into it. Yeah, you really don't. I mean, that was one thing. A lot of people usually got weirded out. Yeah, when I would tell when I was sober, I'd be like, "Like totally, like you don't smoke weed." Yeah, <laughs> no. uh, well, for a younger guy, I would imagine it's even harder to convince people that it's your choice. Yeah, I mean, a lot of my friends, especially in Houston, what are you, some sort of Jesus freak? Yeah, <laughs> is that how they talk? I don't know. That was. Uh, was all right. I mean, there was there's actually a lot of young people in AA in Houston. Oh, it's kind of like Houston is like. There's like nine, they call them APGs, alternative peer groups. There's like fucking nine of them. Oh. And they're all basically like, they're basically little cults. Yeah. Cults of sobriety for children. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, it's it's structured almost entirely like a cult. They tell you who to hang out with, who not to hang out with. It's a very broadly defined term you're using. The leader is very charismatic. The leader, it's, it's. My buddy and I who was in it, we, we looked at this article, it was like 26 characteristics of a cult leader, and it was the dude who ran our, uh, sure. our APG yeah. with the T. <laughs> yeah, but you, probably, you could probably use those for uh, Mr. Rogers, too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cult leaders and cults, things affiliated with that word cult, or they're just groups. Yeah. It's just, it's the motive. Yeah, I think it's money for him. Yeah. He makes a lot of money. Maybe that's the difference. You're absolutely right, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I think what makes a cult leader a cult leader is he wants your money. Yeah, yeah. It's $150 a day for outpatient therapy. Yeah. That's with insurance. Getting turned turned (laughs) around on this thing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, I guess it's good. Although, on the flip side, there's people from that I knew that are still sober. Most of them went in as kids who got caught smoking weed and left as heroin addicts because it's like drug school. Yeah. They're hanging out with kids who are like, yeah, I was doing heroin when I was 14. And this kid's who's just smoking weed is like, well, well, I'm going to do heroin. It looks cool. Yeah. Well, your parents so. overreact and then they send them into there and they don't realize what they're exposing them to because yeah. now they're with all the people that can get them drugs faster. Yeah. That's honestly, that the four years I was sober, just almost so many, dude, so many people around me just died. It was absurd. Yeah. Yeah. It really... Uh, I know a couple people that uh, OD'd on heroin. Yeah. I know one guy recently... Uh, OD'd in the bathroom of a playground uh, or like a public park Ooh. in Staten Island. It was a guy that I knew on Staten Island. He was an older guy, you know, but he had a problem and I just caught up with him. Yeah. Sad story. Happens. 
I remember one time on New Year's, you know, speaking of ecstasy, I had uh, taken some ecstasy and, uh, you know, I was hanging out at somebody's house party at six in the morning. We all started coming down, phone rings, which is very odd. And uh, somebody said, so-and-so uh, OD'd. And so we all were just like, well, I, I guess maybe we should all take a break. Yeah. It's know? always it's always weird. The first, like, drug death of someone I knew was right before I got sober. Yeah. Uh, this chick did a bunch of cocaine and then was, like, huffing air duster in the bathtub and passed out and drowned. Jesus Christ. But I, honestly, like, it wasn't because I was just like, I don't huff air duster in the bathtub, so yeah. I have nothing to worry about. No, you're fine. You're good. Uh, what about suicides? Not a lot of people... Yeah, there's a handful of those. Some car accidents, some uh, random... Random deaths, freak things. Yeah, I, you know, as I get older, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm heading, I'm a few years away from forty, if you could believe that, and uh, mm. the suicides kind of picked up uh, in my early thirties. People I knew. Yeah, I kind of, including like peers and family members. Between seventeen and twenty-one, I went to seventeen funerals. Holy shit! Yeah. Uh, you've got me beat. So that's a stat that you can hang was, on to. Luckily, it was, most of them weren't like really close friends, but it was just like all of these people that I'm around like every day are just dying. It's fucking... And it never usually matters if they're a close friend or not. Just knowing that you knew this person who's now just gone. Yeah, like... Makes you evaluate shit. Yeah, it's weird. You know, it's like yesterday you weren't a dead person. Yeah. Today you're a dead person. It's like you could place them. Like I knew this guy. I had a friend who just passed away uh, about a year ago or two years ago. Died of a heart attack. Oh. Uh, But he he struggled with insomnia and he was just in poor health. Uh, but it's weird because as soon as I heard the news, it was like, oh my, like I remember like hanging out with this person. Yeah. It's weird like, to imagine we, them. We got being... like McDonald's one time and yeah. it's like, that's my lasting image, mm-hmm. you know, for better or worse. But it's just weird when you know somebody that is now not known anymore. Yeah. They're gone. It's bizarre. This is very somber now. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, you're good. You know, uh, you also like talking about death though. I, I feel like every time we meet up, you're telling me about another video or something you saw. Is that not? Death is kind of fascinating to me. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it used to, well, you've been exposed to so much of it. It's now kind of making sense. Yeah. I mean, it's part of me is kind of terrified of it mm-hmm. just because I don't know what the fuck is going to, what it is. Yeah. I just don't want it to hurt. <laughs> yeah. I don't want it to hurt. But it's gonna. I'd like for it to happen while I'm asleep. Uh, that's ideal for everyone. <laughs> uh, I just don't, I don't want it to be something horrible. Like I don't want to get set on fire. Yeah. Or drown. Oh my God. Could you oh, imagine? Oh man, that would be bad. That would be terrible. Yeah. Uh, but then there's this idea where like when you're actually in the act of it happening, like all the chemicals in your brain are fucking like, you know, a human being is just conditioned to battle to live and survive. And so when your body is going through this process of dying, you're, there's like all these chemical reactions going on too. And that's why people sort of say that DMT is very similar to that experience. Yeah. Because, you know, the, the, your, your brain is in survival mode and it's creating this sort of, look at this fucking pattern and, you know, shit's happening and don't fucking yeah. pay attention to the fact that your liver is exploding. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I've, uh, I read a book called the spirit molecule about dmt yeah did you ever do was, it by the way no i've never done it okay i uh i'm kind of scared to now honestly i had a bad experience one time with way too much acid okay and i'm very uh wary of hallucinogens now sure yeah yeah it's uh it was pretty good yeah but the <laughs> but the what was it the spirit molecule the spirit molecule yeah yeah i don't remember What's who that wrote all about? it it's uh some fucking scientist dude just wrote a book about dmt he did all these tests with people and like 
like uh, trying, to, trying to find a link between dmt and like the pineal gland and whether yeah. or not it's actually released during dreaming and and near-death experiences like yeah, we'll never know because once you're dead you can't really report on it yeah no once you're dead you're just kind of you're dead you think there's an afterlife you think something happens no i think we live in a simulation that just constantly repeats itself well that's interesting <laughs> you know that's what i found out when i took all that acid and that's why i was <laughs> so, so scary it was like a bad trip. <laughs> sure you know the singularity and all that stuff yeah well you know what i think is uh this is my take on it and this is a very sort of buddhist i guess approach uh i believe and and when i die i'd like to be cremated and in case i don't get around to writing my will which i probably should do uh, this is now recorded so that everybody knows <laughs> that when I die, I'd like to be cremated. And I'll tell you why. Because once I get cremated, my remains will be burned and it will create smoke. And that smoke will drift up into the sky where it will be absorbed by all the particles and gases and things up there. And what will happen is it'll all come together and create a cloud. And then that cloud will create moisture, which will eventually become rain. And then the rain will come down back onto the earth and help trees grow. And then I will have given back to life. Right on. Isn't that pretty fucking enlightened? Yeah. I you don't want to get embalmed and thrown I, in a I, box? No, I don't. I <laughs> definitely do not. Shit. I was going to say, excuse me while I go pat my back for the next three <laughs> hours for coming up with that. But that's what, you know, that's what, that's what I want my death to be like. Honestly, I don't really care what happens to me after I'm dead. Yeah. I'm not it's just during concerned. it. You're... Well, it's like, it's like I'm kind of of the mind like that Louis C.K. bit about like... What was it again? Refresh my memory. Louis got a bit about something to do with like when he's dead he doesn't care if people fuck his body <laughs> he's well, like they can do whatever they want with it yeah <laughs> wow that's okay that's so the, i mean you yeah. know that's the whole bit it's if just I can, if i can bring some weirdo pleasure in the afterlife <laughs> is that, yeah is that really your dying wishes no i um i don't really know yeah i don't really care i guess cremation just so people don't have to spend some goddamn much money well that's another thing it's like it's i've always cheaper. i've always been not anti-capitalism but also just against ritual capitalism which i think what is what sort of funerals are it's oh, just yeah. a way to fucking make money off dead people oh and, yeah, the, and the families who are alive and have to pay for it that's great have you ever watched the show six feet under uh no it's uh that's too deep without a doubt the best television show ever yeah but it's, it's about a family that works in a, a funeral home and it's i mean i know what it is i have i've dated so many girls who love it that's uh watching that was the first time i realized it's really i mean it really is just a business they really try to upsell shit like yeah hey your loved one just died why don't you buy this fancy coffin for them they would want this coffin made well, out yeah. of titanium man. Uh, and that's <laughs> playing off uh the guilt that you have as a living member and it's just like well i don't want to enter the afterlife having treated my family like shit yeah they feel like i feel like too many people feel like they they need to give the person a good send-off but yeah but it's fucking dead already it doesn't matter yeah from a (laughs) a biological point of view it's just you know it's just a body it really is and how do we not we're running out of space aren't we yeah man dude there's a cemetery at the end of my street did (laughs) you know the icebergs are melting and we're running out of fucking burial space here yeah uh just found out that there is a cemetery like five houses down from where i live that's cool like a big old old cemetery yeah it's great plays into your death fascination a little bit yeah have it's you visited? Uh, yeah I've, i went in there at night it's pretty wild it's real old it's for uh, from like the 1870s or something oh is uh sam houston in there no it's uh <laughs> what about it's a, an entire it's an entirely black cemetery uh-huh uh, like it's, a uh, like a slavery burial ground yeah that's, <laughs> yeah that's cool i mean you know historically speaking that's kind of interesting yeah uh that should be dubbed a landmark status i th- 
or historical landmark? It's on the web. I found it on some Texas.gov website. Are the names on the on the tombstones? Yes, yeah, uh, most of them you can't read. A lot of them are knocked over. A lot of them are just like because they've just been. It's neglected. Looks like been neglected since. Yeah. Do you remember any of the names? Yeah, Charlie King. Charlie King. Favorite. Yeah. There's a lot of kings in there. Yeah. The King family is. I wonder. Uh, yeah, I wonder what what's up behind that. Because that's like they were given names. Yeah. Those aren't their real names. Yeah, well, I don't then. know. It's it's not all. There's we found one that was from this year. Weirdly, some like died in 2016. So I guess there's still yeah family members of people in there that are getting buried there. Uh, maybe people request to be buried there too. You know. Yeah. It's like I want to be buried with you know those who suffered along with me. Yeah, it's just pretty wild because I lived in that house for two years without knowing that yeah how big is it it's big it's like uh oh, yeah like a football field i'd say like two acres maybe okay yeah it's, that's it's, pretty big it's a decent little and you didn't know it was there land. no i didn't know it was there wow it's like in between two houses at the end of a cul-de-sac yeah white people really do as much as they can to hide <laughs> history yeah <laughs> from each other <laughs> even when it's literally in their backyard I, I don't mean to laugh at this but you know it's just it is what it is yeah yeah well uh Here's hoping that you live on for as long as possible. Yeah. Are you? Are you? Are you? Are you? Uh, are you, are you, you seem like a happy guy, though. You don't seem like somebody who deals with depression or sadness too often. Oh yeah, that, I guess I'm misleading then. Oh really? Yeah. I mean, sure, you have your your gloomy side, but I never interpreted that as you struggling. No, I mean, I I get depressed from time to time, but I try to stay peppy yeah i try to have fun when i'm around folks i don't like bringing folks down yeah you're always having a great time when so. you're hanging out at the old spider house or wherever we may be yeah yeah i mean i got a beer in my hand i'm smoking cigarettes sure hanging with the homies not bad <laughs> you're you're fighting off a beer gut for now you know i mean yeah i'm starting to get there a little bit yeah i think it's just my uh liver is distended yeah <laughs> that could be the case well watch that liver you know, I know. you got to be careful uh or don't you know who the hell am i to tell you what to do i'm kind of banking on robot organs coming out before i need them well you know you gotta vote the democrats in so they fund stem cell that's what that's all about you know uh but uh you know you're doing stand-up now and that's great yeah it's pretty good you're very funny thank you i like i like hanging out with you i like hanging out with you too Ryan. i like uh seeing you out on the scene as it were i don't get out as much but when i do it's always a it's a joy to to bump into you yeah, I don't get out as much either. Well, you know, you know, sitting on the couch watching the cat stone. Yeah. It takes up a lot of time. It does. It's a hard life. Uh, but uh, keep going with whatever it is that you're doing. I will. Don't die. I'll try, I'll try really hard not to. Let's make a pact right now that we're never going to die. Never. And if I am in a position to give you one of my robot organs, God damn it, you can have it. Fuck yeah. But not the liver. That's. Can I have your blood too? You can have my blood. <laughs> it's very enriched blood. I take good care of myself. I eat a lot of uh, greens. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, this is our. That's that. This is this is how we're gonna end. Are you cool with that? Yeah, I'm, uh, it's always end on greens. It's just like you know. This we just. There's no real elegant dismount to this podcast. We just kind of end it. That's a that's a good way to do it. There's gonna be a couple of announcements I'm gonna make. Those are gonna happen like right now. Cool yeah all right well hey thanks for listening to the show uh send us a line at ryan has a podcast at gmail.com rate the podcast pass it on to others keep downloading it subscribe to it do everything that you possibly can to support this thing because we love doing it for you and uh we'll see you we'll see you next time around bye see ya (laughs) 
funktioniert. 